The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello everyone and welcome to Falato's Fantasy Corner here on Big Blue View Radio, the Giants SB Nation's platform. I am the host, Nicholas Falato, and we're going to go over the four-game slate of divisional round playoff matchups on DraftKings. That's the pricing we will use here. So let's just dive right into it. This will be a quicker episode, and hopefully we can help assist you in winning some money, some cash, some moolah this weekend with some of these playoff matchups. And there's some good matchups here. You got the Rams going to the Packers, the Ravens going to the Bills, the Browns going to the Chiefs, and the Buccaneers going to the Saints. Now, some of these teams have played this season. We saw, obviously, the Saints and the Buccaneers play twice this season and the Saints beat the crap out of them both times especially the one mid-season where the Saints went to Tampa Bay and absolutely annihilated the Buccaneers in prime time so that should be a really interesting game but the first game is Saturday at 4:35. Rams going to the Packers the Packers are favored by six and a half points and the over under is 45 and a half. And obviously you have to monitor the weather here. This is a Green Bay game. You got to do the same for Buffalo. You got to do the same for Kansas City. And then New Orleans is obviously a dome. So those are going to kind of come in. They're going to be important as of right now. It doesn't seem like there's going to be incredible snow, but that can change. It's subject to change. So let's dive into that Rams Green Bay game first. If Aaron Rodgers at 6,900, I think the story of this game is the fact that that Los Angeles Rams defense is so dominant, but their best player, Aaron Donald, is dealing with an injury right now. It's a rib injury. All accounts, he's going to play. He's going to be out there. He's going to be a difference maker. Another side story, second best player, in my opinion, on that Rams defense is Jalen Ramsey. He's going to be obviously shadowing Devontae Adams. So we're going to be looking at Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, can they step up? Can they rise to the occasion and pick on these other Rams cornerbacks who are solid players too? I think it's interesting. As of right now, looking at the quarterback situation, John Wolford did not participate in Wednesday's practice with that neck injury that he suffered when Jamal Adams hit him last week. And it looks like Jared Goff may have to be the starter. And Sean McVay hasn't necessarily fully committed to this, which says, I guess, a lot about Jared Goff's thumb or the fact that McVay might not be all that comfortable with Jared Goff, which is plausible because Goff played like crap down the stretch. The Packers also have a good defense. They have, I would say, probably the best cornerback in the league, at least based on 2020 film, in Jair Alexander, who's probably going to see a lot of Robbie Woods, but he doesn't really shadow. 
Anyways, diving into it. Aaron Rodgers at 6,900. That's a solid option for sure, especially if you look at the entire slate and you see Pat Mahomes is eight grand, Lamar Jackson 7,600, Josh Allen is 7,400. But this game, not the highest over under. That's why he's down. Jared Goff, I think your upside is severely capped. If you put him into your lineup, that's not where I would be going, but I would be going with Cam Akers. And he's at a price of 5,700, which is ridiculous. I knew he was going to be a smash last week at 5,100. Had him in almost all my DFS lineups and it killed. He ended up with 28.6 DraftKings points and he was at 5,100. He jumps up $600 and I still like him in this range because he's still cheap not even the most expensive running back in this game and it should be Aaron Jones it should be he's at 6,800 I think he's a solid player in this respect as well they're going to want to run the football I think you're going to see maybe a little bit of AJ Dillon you're going to see a little bit more of Jamal Williams but it's going to be Aaron Jones most of times the Packers have been saving him basically throughout this season and just limiting his reps for this time of the year and obviously you still have Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be slinging the ball around a little bit, but this is the Rams defense, so you have to always take that into account. This isn't the most desirable game on the slate. It's actually the least desirable. Every other over-under is over 50, so take that into account, but I think the running backs is where you want to target this game, specifically Cam Akers, especially if he's continued to be used in the passing game with Henderson on the IR. It's just Malcolm Brown who takes a touch here and there, but Cam Akers at 5,700, you really can't miss. Moving to the wide receivers, Devontae Adams at 8,600. He can win that matchup against Jalen Ramsey, but that's pretty big price tag with a limit. I don't want to say a limited upside because it is Devontae Adams, but I think there's just better ways to allocate your money. I would want maybe a share or two of him because you're going to get him at a low percentage because of that perceived matchup between Jalen Ramsey being so difficult, which it is. I'm not denying that, but it's still Devontae Adams, and you can't undersell that. But I like Lazard and Scantling as GPP throws. They're both 3,900, 3,800 respectively, and they may see some more targets now because they're probably going to avoid Jalen Ramsey. They're going to be on Troy Hill. They're going to be on some of these other Rams secondary pieces who aren't as qualified as someone like Jalen Ramsey. So I think they could be solid GPP throws for sure. I think Cooper Cup, who came in and he's progressing right now because he got injured late in the fourth quarter in the win against Seattle, his knee... It looks like he may play, but it's definitely not certain. The progressing quote from Sean McVay on Wednesday, that's a good sign. Uh, There's a good chance McVay believes that he's going to be ready for this Saturday game. That's what Jordan Rodriguez of The Athletic reports, but we have to wait to see. That's obviously concerning, but he's going to avoid Jair Alexander. He's going to be in the slot a lot of the time, and he's Cooper Cup. But... This game, obviously, like I said a couple times, is not the most sexy game to target. I think Robert Tunyon is good at 4,200, however. Now, the Rams are not liabilities against the tight end. They can guard that position. But I think we've seen uh, an upside with Tunyon whenever they get by the red zone, and which we imagine Green Bay will get by the red zone. He gets lost sometimes. The fact that he hasn't had 20 yards in the last three games is concerning, but he's had two touchdowns within that. So shares of him is not a terrible idea, but it's not somebody you want to overweight, overload yourself on. And then the defenses, 
Packers are 3,900. I think they're solid. I'm going to be playing in the cold against a Los Angeles-based team. Now, the Packers' defense isn't great per se, but Jared Goff has been playing really poorly. You do have that slight injury to Cooper Cup. How effective will he be? It's really going to come down to can the Packers stop this wide zone, stretch zone system that Sean McVay runs with Cam Akers so effectively and that offensive line. We've seen the Packers struggle this year with stopping the run, but they've been better in recent weeks which we saw at the end of the year when they shut down Derrick Henry in a cold-weather game, a snowy game. So that could happen. we got to wait to see how the weather develops out there in Wisconsin. Anyways, let's move to Baltimore and Buffalo. But before we do that, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This game should have a lot more fantasy greatness in it. Maybe hard to predict who, but let's try to dive into it. Suss through it. The Buffalo Bills are favored by two and a half over under of 50 points with the Ravens traveling for an 8:15 start on Saturday night. Lamar Jackson is 7,600 and you have to love him at that point because he has such a high floor and his ceiling is really high as well. Lamar Jackson hasn't had less than 20 fantasy points since week 11 against Tennessee. And since then, because remember, after that week 11 game, he ended up attracting COVID and he came back against Dallas. Since he's come back from the COVID-19 reserve list, had 26 fantasy points, 37, 30, 22, 25, 28. Now he gets to play the Buffalo Bills in what seems like it could be a high-scoring back-and-forth type of game. I think the Baltimore Ravens are going to try to establish the run, but I believe Lamar Jackson is heavily involved in the establishment of the run. With the zone reads, the quarterback power, the quarterback option, which they run a lot. And I'm not talking about college football option, but just zone read option type of plays. That quarterback power with the backside guard pulling, usually Bradley Bozeman pulling to lead block for Lamar Jackson. It's been very, very successful. The Ravens are one of the best at running the football. And him at 7,600, I feel like, is a, a good match against this Buffalo Bills defense that's been playing a lot better since Matt Milano came back healthy. But I still think fantasy points should be there for Lamar. And I think fantasy points should be there for Josh Allen. I want exposure to both of these guys in GPPs. And I will have exposure to both of them in GPPs. Josh Allen is 7,400. And he's been on fire as well. 35 fantasy points against Indianapolis, 20 against Miami, but remember, he only played a half, and Matt Barkley came in a week 17, 35 against New England, 40 against Denver, and he only had 19 against Pittsburgh, and that seems like it was a terrible game by him because he's been so on fire. 39 touchdowns this year, 10 interceptions, just playing out of his mind, and he's cheaper than Lamar Jackson, and he doesn't have the running upside of Lamar Jackson, but we've seen him run in touchdowns constantly this season. They use him along the goal line. They're Goal line back, Zach Moss, is now done for the year. They had to sign Devonta Freeman and bring him in off the Giants practice squad. I don't think Freeman's going to be active in this game, but he's on the roster for later. So that brings me to the running backs, and you have Devin Singletary. That's going to be Devin Singletary and TJ Yeldon. I don't necessarily have interest in either of these guys against Baltimore's Rush D, even though Baltimore's Rush D has been somewhat susceptible 
through the mid portions to the late portions of the season, they were able to really come together and shut down Derrick Henry last week. And you know that Buffalo is kind of like the Chiefs where they'll just abandon the run and throw the football. So I want exposure to a little bit more of their pass catchers than someone like Devin Singletary. But 4,500, I would throw him into a lineup or two. Hope that he hits. Doesn't have to do all that much to pay off that price tag. But J.K. Dobbins at 6, I really like J.K. Dobbins there. The threat of Lamar Jackson is going to allow the running backs to have success. And they're talented in their own right, both J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. I'd rather have Dobbins than Edwards, but I think both of them you can plug in. Dobbins is the more expensive back at six grand. Gus Edwards is at 4200 They both get a fair amount of the share. Dobbins a little bit more than Gus Edwards, and it's kind of hard to predict who's going to be in on the goal line. It's usually Edwards, but when it is Dobbins, he ends up punching it in. I think you can have exposure to both of them. I don't think both of them are really smash plays against Buffalo. This game could have a lot more throwing uh, from the Buffalo side of the football, and if Buffalo has success against Baltimore's defense, then Baltimore is going to have to throw the football a little bit more, which would lead to a lot more Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. I think Steph Diggs at 7,300 is definitely a good play. He's going to see Marlon Humphrey. He's going to see all of their corners that have shown to be very, very effective. Marcus Peters. I don't know if Jimmy Smith's going to be healthy in this game, to be frank with you. But those two are more than capable of holding their own against Diggs. Although I think Diggs can get the best of both of them because Diggs is just playing on an entirely different level this season. I think he's a good play at 7,300. There's not... A lot of incredibly expensive pieces on the slate. You do have some on Kansas City like Travis Kelsey that will go over and Tyree Kill, but I still feel like Diggs is good at 7,300. Cole Beasley at 4,900. He's questionable right now. He's going to play. He was just limited in practice with a knee injury. With John Brown back, I think his upside is somewhat limited, and I think John Brown actually plays to be a pretty good GPP play. He had four targets last week, did absolutely nothing with him. Everyone's going to see the zero and be like, screw that. I'm not plugging him in. So get a contrarian edge with somebody who can actually go off by putting John Brown in your lineup at 4,600. Now, again, it's kind of risky, but you're looking to diversify your lineup. And John Brown is somebody who can allow you to do that, as is someone like Gabriel Davis, who's at 4,000. Gabriel Davis had more success last week. He usually gets targeted four to five times a game. He caught all four last week for 85 yards. Had a touchdown the week before in week 17. I think, again, just diversify your lineup a little bit. You can throw Gabriel Davis in there, and hopefully it will end up paying off for your team. As for the tight ends, Mark Andrews at 5000 I think is a pretty good play. It's a little bit pricey, not as pricey as Travis Kelsey. But he has that upside of scoring touchdowns. Buffalo, in the beginning of the season, was susceptible against the tight ends. They've been a little bit better recently, but I definitely think Mark Andrews has a lot of value, even though his price tag for the tight end position is up a little bit. Dawson Knox is 1900 cheaper at thirty-one grand, or 3100 I should say. And he had a touchdown last week, three targets, caught two balls four or five yards so you're hoping he falls into the end zone and that's what you're going to hope against baltimore's defense not somebody you necessarily always want to plug in but somebody that's going to be different from andrews and kelsey the two guys who are going to be owned like crazy on this slate the bills and the ravens i think are both solid defenses but not necessarily options they're going to be cheaper than some of these other Defenses on the slate, for sure, you're going to hope that there could be a pick six, which Marcus Peters can do at any time. Tredavious White can also do that against Lamar Jackson, who has shown 
a propensity to make some mistakes when he's throwing with his arm. <laughs> throwing with his arm as opposed to what, Nick? Nah, but I, I think you could plug him in, but they're definitely not the highest upside type of defenses. Let's move on to the Cleveland and Kansas City game, which is filled with fantasy goodness. 57 point over under, and the Chiefs are favored by 10. Pat Mahomes is at 8 grand and obviously that's somebody that you have to consider because he's an absolute stud who can blow up for 45 points baker mayfield's at 5300 if you need to go cheap i think baker mayfield in a game where he might be throwing the football against a defense that's solid but not great i think this is an option now does he have the upside of lamar jackson josh allen or pat mahomes no but if you feel like a bunch of studs are going to go off say if you for whatever reason think Devontae adams is going to own jalen ramsey and you want to plug him and Steph Diggs and Travis Kelsey and even Mark Andrews into your flex or just kind of get wild with it, then you can go this direction because the Chiefs have been great against the pass. But it's definitely not something that you must do. For the running backs, Nick Chubb, 6,600. I think this is a solid play because you know they're going to rely on the run. They're going to want to establish the run and get Patrick Mahomes and that offense off the field. And Nick Chubb is good enough to do amazing things with the football in his hands and he's just been that basically this entire season when he's healthy he's only had one single digit game outside of week one and that was in week four at dallas well i don't know why because he got injured in that football game so he's been an absolute stud for the cleveland browns as has kareem hunt who's at 4800 and he had a really good game last week had 19 fantasy points and this sets up to be a kareem hunt type of game against kansas city as did last week only it was for different reasons the steelers just got a big or i mean the browns got a big on the steelers really really early and that game just kind of got away from the steelers but now this game with the chiefs who can score points i feel kareem hunt might see himself on the field a little bit more in the third and fourth quarter it's for the Chiefs running backs. I mean, is it going to be Lev Bell? Is it going to be Clyde Edwards Elaire? It's kind of hard to say right now. Elaire was limited in practice on Wednesday with an ankle and a hip injury. We're going to have to see if he's going to play. I'm probably not going to plug him in because I don't see him getting 30 carries or 30 touches. If he is active, eh, Le'Veon Bell's still going to work into that role still going to be involved so it's not necessarily a high upside type of play even though that they're favored at home which are typically pieces that you want on your team at the running back position as for these wide receivers Tyree Hill is at eight grand this is a fantastic matchup for Hill he's not on the injury report after he had that dinged up hamstring he had 10 fantasy points in week 16 17 the week before that hasn't had a huge blow up game in a little while week 12 at tampa bay so i think this could be a huge blow-up game against a defense that has given up huge games to opposing wide receivers so i really like tyree kill i think jarvis landry at 5600 is a solid play he had over 20 fantasy points last week got into the end zone against the pittsburgh steelers i think it's a solid play definitely not something that you need i would say the upside might be a little bit capped but he always has a high floor and as for these other receivers, you have Sammy Watkins, who's questionable at 4,800. He didn't practice on Wednesday. That's not looking so hot right now. So then you have to look at Robinson. You have to look at Nicole Hardman and think, do I want to plug them in? Robinson could go off for two touchdowns. He's at 4,300. You can really diversify your lineup there. But outside of week 17, the guy doesn't get anything more than three targets. Yeah, he had six in 
week 12 and 8 and week 11, but he's not the most targeted type of player, so you can probably avoid that. Rashard Higgins is a number two in a game where Baker Mayfield may have to throw the football a lot, so I think he could be a sneaky play. He had seven targets last week, did basically nothing with them. He could just be a sneaky type of way to diversify your lineup. So I think that's something that you should consider. Then you have Travis Kelsey at 7,800. Very, very pricey, but maybe worth it. Guy gets double-digit targets. He's an absolute stud. Gets 20-plus fantasy points in almost every game that he plays, it seems like. So he's basically somebody that I would have in almost every single lineup. You always want to diversify a little bit just in case he gets hurt or anything can happen. Travis Kelsey is definitely going to be over 80% owned in a lot of GPPs, I would imagine. And Austin Hooper at 3,800, you hope he falls in the end zone. He had a lot of targets last week, had a lot of targets in week 16 when there was no receivers. But upside's obviously capped. If you really want to just make your lineup different, though, you're not going to put Travis Kelsey in it, and that's the way to make it different. And then if you were to do that with this slate, it would be Mark Andrews. So you look at all these other tight ends. Jared Cook, Rob Gronkowski, Dawson Knox. Really, all these other tight ends are going to be at very, very low ownership. And that's kind of how you can get an edge if those guys go off, which is definitely unlikely relative to what Travis Kelsey can do for your team. But that's just kind of the mindset you have to be in to paint it all. As for the defenses, I think the Chiefs at 3,600, that's a to put into the game, I would say, because Baker Mayfield has been playing at a great level but could get away from him, could be really cold, could be nasty, but I don't think it's the best defense on the slate, but it's definitely somebody, something to consider. I do think there are also negative perceptions about Baker Mayfield stemming from the three inclement weather games that he saw in a row mid-season, but he's been pretty damn solid recently, and that should not be understated. Going into Kansas City, they go down 14-0, had to abandon the run a little bit, could lead to some turnovers and these Chiefs are well rested they have Steve Spagnola who's a mastermind of getting the best of some young quarterbacks and even some older quarterbacks so consider it and then the Browns are at 2300 that's probably not the wisest play but if you needed to really save money and hopefully somebody fumbles for a touchdown that'd be the only way it would really end up paying off I think against this Kansas City Chiefs team which is ready to roll then we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to New Orleans third game of the season can New Orleans complete the sweep we will see the Saints are favored by three. It's a one and a half point over under. Tom Brady's at 6,300. So Tom Brady, first game of the season played against the Saints. I don't throw that out the door, but I mean, the guy had no training camp. This is his first game playing as a non-patriot with all these new pieces. He ended up having 22 fantasy points. It's not terrible. A lot of it came in garbage time. And then in week nine, and that debacle on primetime television, Tom Brady had five fantasy points against the Saints defense. That's absolutely atrocious. I don't think Brady's going to be owned too much because of that, but he obviously has the upside of going off, especially on a slate where you have Josh Allen, you have Lamar Jackson, you have Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Andrew Brees, who's at 5,600, are going to be very, very under-owned on that entire slate. Drew Brees had 18 fantasy points last week against the Chicago Bears. Can't really push it vertically anymore. Tom Brady can, but he can't. It's going to be a lot of dump-offs to players like Alvin Kamara, a lot of dump-offs to players like Michael Thomas, Jared Cook, a lot of intermediate routes if they try to really stop the run like the Chicago Bears did. So limited upside here, but 
players to consider, especially if you're going to go cheap at quarterback. As for these running backs, Alvin Kamara against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that's pretty good at slowing down these types of running backs. Kamara in week one had 23 fantasy points, and then in week nine, he had 15. It's PPR kind of machine. Now, he only had two targets last week against Chicago, and he had five week 16 against Minnesota when Drew Brees came back. But I think there's probably going to be a decent amount of targets for him in this game. He had eight in week one. He had six in week nine against the same team. And it's a way to move the football. It's easy for them. I know Tampa Bay's linebackers are pretty solid at covering stuff like this. But 7,900 for someone with the upside of Alvin Kamara is not a terrible option. Ronald Jones, he's practiced on Thursday after he hurt his quad right before the game. It was very disappointing for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going to forget about him a little bit. They are going might see that Q tag and not want to put him in the lineup. He's at 5,200. It's an option. Hopefully, he's using the receiving game, which is more of a Leonard Fournette role. But against this New Orleans rush defense, which has been solid recently, unless they're playing the Eagles, apparently, it's not the highest upside play with some of these other running backs that are on the slate. And especially since if he is healthy, you have Leonard Fournette eating into that as well, which Fournette will do like he did whenever Ronald Jones was healthy the entire season. It's just not the, the best way to allocate your funds, even though it's somewhat cheap. Murray was actually, Latavius Murray, Saints backup running back, who gets a lot of work as well, was held out of practice on Wednesday due to a quad issue as well. So you want to monitor that, because if there is no Latavius Murray, you're going to see Ty Montgomery, because I don't think Alvin Kamara is ever going to get 100% of the workload, but it will be a little bit more Alvin Kamara, because Latavius Murray is an effective number two back. Then, as for the wide receivers, I think Michael Thomas is a great play at 6,700. He can get the best of Carlton Davis, despite the fact that he did not in Week 1. And then in Week 9, when they played, he had 10 fantasy points. So, it's not the best matchup with Carlton Davis, but I still think he can. And a lot of people are going to be off of him because he's facing a cornerback that he struggled with twice. Because remember, it was late in the game when he got hurt in Week 1 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He played that entire game. So... I think the Saints are going to want to run the football. Todd Bowles, this Buccaneers team, is generally good at stopping the run. And I think it might force Drew Brees to throw the football. And I think Michael Thomas at 6700 is just really, really cheap. And we know what Michael Thomas can do. I know we haven't seen it in a while. He got in the end zone last week. But it's 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 definitely a play that I'm willing to roll out. And then hey, the Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown trio of 6400 6100 and 5400 Hey, we don't know exactly who it's going to be. Mike Evans has been the favorite for sure all season against the New Orleans Saints. He had a touchdown, but it was a two-yard touchdown catch. Remember, that was kind of Mike Evans' thing for a while. Whenever they got to the red zone, it was just quick little flat routes, and Mike Evans would score touchdowns. And then in week nine, he didn't really do all that much either. He just had four catches for 64 yards. But Mike Evans can blow up too. 6,400, that's relatively cheap. He's going to be seeing Marshawn Lattimore, and Marshawn Lattimore is <laughs> under, he gets under Mike Evans' skin pretty easily, we could say, and Lattimore has usually gotten the best of those matchups, but it doesn't mean that he can't this time. So I would put him in some GBP lineups, but it wouldn't be a mainstay in a lot of my lineups, whereas Antonio Brown at 5,400 would be in consideration. His first game of the year was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints in week nine, and he had three catches for 31 yards on five targets. So we haven't necessarily seen him in this environment quite yet, and it could work out. It really could. As could Chris Godwin, who's at 6,100. In week one, Chris Godwin had seven targets, six for 79. And in week nine, he had six targets, three for 41. 
just basically shut down that entire Saints game. It was one of the worst performances by a solid football team all year. I think all three of these guys are in play. I don't think any of them are necessities to plug into your lineup. You're kind of hoping one of them gets hot, takes advantage of a matchup, and Tom Brady just keeps feeding him, which we've seen Tom Brady do. It's just hard to predict which one it would be. I'd probably just go down to Antonio Brown, the unknown, at 5,400 and put him in two lineups, a little bit more than Evans and Godwin, but I like some of the other options that we've gone over in this podcast. And then you have Harris and Sanders. Sanders is at 4,500. He didn't blow up against the Bears. It was more Harris who actually ended up having this incredibly good game out of nowhere. Deontay Harris, seven targets caught, all seven for 83 yards. And he was a guy who probably won a lot of people money in single-game slates because nobody had him in his lineup because he was so cheap and he wasn't really being involved. But he really proved himself against these Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think I, I probably won't go back to that well. I'd put Emmanuel Sanders probably in there before Harris just because I think more people will be on Harris in GBPs. And I wouldn't put him into a cash game because that's not reliable whatsoever either. So that's kind of where I'm at with those secondary receiving options. But Jared Cook, I think, would be a good way to really diversify your lineup, as would Rob Gronkowski, because everyone's going to be on the other tight ends. And these guys could catch two touchdowns in a game. It's not something I would do often, because I think, you know, Travis Kelsey would smash. But if you want one lineup just to try to get an edge if something happens to Travis Kelsey, then I would go with 4,000 Jared Cook or 3,600 Rob Gronkowski. We saw Cam Brake go off last week. He's at 2,900, so I think that's another player that you can think about if you really want to be different, but that's probably a very limited upside. You need a lot of things to happen to for you. And then the Saints defense at 3,300, we've seen them smash against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season, so it's kind of looking like it could be a solid play, but it could bite you in the bum. I mean... At Tampa Bay, they had 16 fantasy points in week one. They had 17 fantasy points. Tampa Bay hasn't quite figured out the Saints defense with Dennis Allen yet. So maybe that can continue, and that's definitely something that should be considered. Alrighty, everybody, that was the four-game slate. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I am the host, Nicholas Filato. This is Filato's Fantasy Corner. Everyone, take care of yourselves. Have a great day, and enjoy the games. Hopefully, you win some moolah. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.